0: Recording And this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Abe! <laughs> Slightly better. Alright, this is uh, Out Now, Out Now is a film podcast, where Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in the discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 60, and our main film of the week is Prometheus the new Ridley Scott sci-fi adventure, not a prequel slash is a prequel to Alien. And joining us to discuss the non-prequel yet it is a prequel yet kind of sort of is a prequel to Alien, we have writer for Huffington Post and Mendelsohn's Memos and currently scripting out a prequel to Black Rain, Scott Mendelssohn.
1: How you doing? Good to, be, good to be here.
0: And we also have writer for Damn Dirty Blog and a real live android, Jordan Grout. Hello, love my lovelies. And writer for Things I Know About the Movies and MovieSmackdown.com, along with the writer of Thelma and Louise fanfic sequels, Adam Gentry. Good, good vibrations, people. <laughs> we all, how are we all doing tonight? Great. I'm doing pretty well. I love it. good. Responses all at the same time, always welcome. That's why I ask it. <laughs> I,
1: I have to admit, when you when you first mentioned Black Rain, I was confused. I thought you meant the Hiroshima documentary. <laughs> Could <laughs> be a weird prequel <laughs> Yes Nagasaki
2: What really happened
1: Today's a great day For a picnic Ah <laughs> oh, I'm sorry you know, pretty... It have
2: like The Peter Gabriel Red Rain You know Playing in the background
0: Moving
1: um...
2: on From obscurity um,
0: Let's get to Some announcements Real quick Uh, We just did an Alien vs. Predator Requiem commentary, and for some reason, some of you listened to this commentary, and for even further confusing (laughs) reasons, someone actually finished this commentary and made us answer our trivia, or whatever, we had a contest question, and we have a winner for that, maybe our fastest turnaround time for a winner of one of our contests on this podcast, certainly our first commentary winner, Um, James Connor, is... Right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, good. I think she goes the right way. I got a couple emails here. James Connor's our winner. He sent us an email. He correctly named the the secret phrase that I said sometime during the commentary. And because of that, he gets the reward, in quotation marks, of a DVD copy of Alien vs. Predator Requiem. So good for you, James. Congratulations.
1: Congratulations.
2: James Connor, you're a gentleman and a scholar. And possibly a (laughs) xenomorph. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's, that's more that's more prizes than Adam's one Aww. which is not to say I haven't
2: won stupid things but someone never sends me
0: prizes <laughs> yeah, the, the checks in the mail so um, okay so yeah congratulations James also what else do I have here um, we uh, I asked uh, I asked ahead of time if we have any uh, Facebook or Twitter questions for the show that I can answer that even way more I could answer and um, there's one that I'm going to put in a no everybody but another question came from good old Jim Dietz friend of the show who was also on the alien versus predator requiem commentary um we, we all suffered through that together right jordan i loved it hey. <laughs> um actually scott have you seen alien versus predator requiem uh
1: once like five years ago when my kid was first born it was one of the rock her to sleep type movies that i have paid attention to i think
0: that's a good enough answer i don't even need to ask yeah. a question from there um, <laughs> Um, Jim asked, um, and we, we're going to save more thoughts, and we're certainly not going to spoil anything. But more thoughts for later on about Prometheus. But Jim asked, um, what do we? What do he ask? He asked if we minded any of the plot holes in Prometheus. And just to address that lightly now, I think there's confusion about what plot holes are versus unanswered questions. That's all I, I think I want to say. I don't necessarily think there's necessarily plot holes in the movie as opposed to just things that didn't quite get completely answered. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll leave, I'll leave it there for now. Maybe we'll pick that up again mm-hmm. later on in the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay, mm-hmm. thank you. My, my, my. Last uh last <laughs> last last, last <laughs> announcement as as always, uh, iTunes reviews and ratings. Very simple to do. You know, log on to iTunes, hop into our page site, and you know, give a star rating or even you know write down a little sentence. It helps out the show. Be awesome to do. It's really really nice. We always appreciate it. And you know, it's just. Happy to have. So if they ha- if you happen to go for it, great. Thanks. So, moving on. Let's get to know everybody, where each week we try to ask each other a few questions and uh, set the tone for the podcast and better get to know everybody involved. So, with that said, let's start with Jordan. Jordan.
3: Um, Abe. Yes. What is your favorite Idris Elba film performance? Not TV, because I'm sure you'd say Luther.
4: Well, I would say The Wire. The uh, Wire? Yeah, I'd say... No, I'd, say, I'd still say Luther. But there is pretty... Uh, he is pretty messed up, though.
0: It's pronounced Luther.
4: Lutha. <laughs> okay, favorite film performance. Favorite, favorite film, film performance, Idris Elba. I liked him a lot in Rock and Roll, but as, like, a cheeky, fun, like, half, like, man, gangster guy. Especially, like, when he's riding the little Vespa to get away from the, the Russian guys. So... <laughs> I liked rock and roller. That's like obviously, that's actually when I first found out that he was British. I was like, why is this guy doing a British accent? What? He's British? This makes no sense. But he's so great at Stringer Bell. So, yeah, definitely uh, uh, rock and roller. Oh, not the unborn. I did not
3: see the unborn. <laughs> <end part. laughs> is it
0: the unborn? <laughs>
3: Yeah, he's the, he's the priest in Unborn. The you're, unborn. Saying, you're saying
0: this like I've seen the Unborn.
3: That's
4: that's that well,
1: movie, that movie lived only to mock me. And that's I wrote bad. a big
4: close run up would be Ghost Rider 2.
1: I wrote a spiel about that before it came out, basically talking about how Gary Oldman always dies on screen, so then the Unborn comes out and everybody but him dies. <laughs> <laughs> He's in prom night? What? Yeah,
3: he's in prom night. Daddy's
1: as the little world's girl. dumbest cop. <laughs> yeah. All he, all he has to do is stake out their hotel room and bam, crime solved. There are some <laughs> dumb cops, too, so that's quite a statement. The Reaping.
0: <laughs> he's in The Reaping, too? Why have I not seen all these Idris Elba movies?
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible. Apparently. <laughs> Daddy's Little Girls? He, that's actually the first thing I saw him in. Uh, and he was better than the material, as is often the case at the time. Yeah.
4: Scott? Yes. Are you a Predator guy or an Alien guy?
1: Oh boy, I think by default, I default, I'd have to be an Alien guy because I really, I I like the first Predator film. I I'm not as huge of a junkie as, it, as other people. Um, and I, I could you know give or take anything that came after Predator vs. Alien, Requiem, Predator Two, what have you. Uh, I like Alien. I really like aliens, and I like Alien Resurrection more than most people. So I think that by default makes me an alien guy.
0: Okay.
1: I thought it's just good good, wacky, weird, violent, gory fun.
4: Sigh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be fair, I haven't seen it in fifteen years.
4: I myself am a predator guy.
1: Well agreed. Yeah. That's why we host the show
4: together. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get into some kind of temple fight later,
1: Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Jordan. Yes. Uh, a month from now, The Dark Knight Rises finally comes out. Uh, do you? What are your thoughts? Do you want Bruce Wayne to die at the end? Why or why not?
3: Um, I want him to live because I feel everyone is expecting him to die. I I, I, I just feel it wouldn't be appropriate for him to die. I think he should. Uh, the series should end with him alive and kicking it.
1: Cool. I approve.
3: Kicking it old school. It. Like on a soccer team, like crooked arrows.
1: <laughs> Pass me the ball, <laughs> or whatever they call the ball in lacrosse. I don't know. Where's the striker? That's this the... isn't a red card. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right. I guess this goes out to everybody. I suppose. Cause, um, what's what's your favorite uh, alien franchise death, including Prometheus? Alien franchise death. Yeah, your favorite death in the whole series. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Mm. I almost want to. I almost want to speak to the. I feel. I feel like it's, this should be like the John Hurt memorial list here because that one. Yeah. <laughs> like I, th- I. think that one's too good. Um. But I want. That's to, too easy on a choice.
2: I, <laughs> well, it also happens to be the, the single best.
0: Yeah. If that period. It like that. I like the Harry Ste- the Harry Dean Stan death actually the the second death and so I just the way that that whole sequence is shot and put together the way the alien comes out of no like it just it feed, it it feeds into how great the the alien is at camouflaging it's the xenomorphism is at camouflaging itself and just it just appears suddenly as if it was a part of the ship and it's like oh here it is and it just that I just I really that's a great greatly filmed sequence so I'll stay I'll stay with that one.
2: All right, my questions for Aaron so my question to you, sir, is, alien, or aliens, Ridley or Cameron,
0: okay, and why? All right. Well, that was my question, but doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I'll just. Well, I'll, you know, I, I win. <laughs> yeah, good one. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm saying alien, and it's because with that film, and I I pose this question to you guys with the, with the film Alien. I don't find flaws in that movie. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but there's not a flaw that I can find of that movie when I watch it. Aliens is a movie I love that movie, a lot. I mean, they to me they're both five star movies to me. But Aliens is a movie I could easily recognize flaws in. Alien is not that movie, so I say Alien. Now hmm. to just ask that question: Does anyone see? Is there like a recognizable flaw in Alien that I'm like not? I'm just not bringing myself to recognize.
1: It's funny. I actually feel that way about the first two Terminator films. Um, where the the second Terminator film is so big, <coughs> excuse me, big and operatic and exciting and socially relevant, but there are issues. It, there are bits and pieces that haven't aged well. While the first Terminator is, yeah, pretty flawless for what it is.
0: I I'd agree with that too. But nothing like the only thing I can think of of Alien is for people that are just not maybe not don't love the, the like the pacing of that movie, which is very deliberate. But I don't I love I love Alien
1: like I yeah.
0: I definitely agree with that. Cool, okay, my turn then. Um, Use more fart jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Alien fart jokes. Yes, from Ian Holm. That's my fart. That's death, not
4: deaf. From Ian (laughs) Holm. From Ian (laughs) Holm. He just just farts out like
1: Android liquid.
0: (laughs) I'm posing this question out to everybody. This is the question that was submitted to us from James Connor. Um, I'll just read his email, actually. On your MIB3 show, I heard it mentioned that Men in Black made a better series, like, as in the cartoon series. I wanted to ask if there are any other movies you think that would make good series, or vice versa. No budget concerns and actors willing to make... Okay, so just no concerns about budgets or actors or anything. His choices would be Hellboy, think Fringe, and Jericho, a 2006 CBS series, Red Dawn meets Cabin Fever. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so any... I like that one. Any, um... Series that could be movies, or movies that could be better as series? Ah. I'm not going to say be better as a
2: series, but A Clockwork Orange would be pretty interesting to kind of work more in that universe.
0: They're like a milk delivery team. They drive door to door, (laughs) (laughs) door you know, handing out milk and raping. Portable statues. (laughs) That sounds terrible. It's just like Green Acres.
2: (laughs) Beat your own hobo contest.
3: What about the
1: transporter? They tried to yeah. do that though, didn't
0: they? Try to
3: do a yeah. transporter? I oh, think
1: did, and I, I maybe didn't.
0: Maybe the, maybe uh, like the pilot didn't get picked up, or something, or the same way, or maybe I'm thinking Mr. and Mrs. Smith because I know they tried that and that didn't, yeah, yeah. that didn't get picked up.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I like that. The transporter would work.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I have one for this actually. Have the losers. The, uh, yeah. I never saw that. The, I like that movie quite a bit actually. I think it's a lot of fun, and I like, well, I like the comic too. But I think if it was. I think that could, I mean, it basically be the A team. That's essentially what it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually, know. on that note, and I know they're actually considering doing it. Uh, if they could get everybody from the movies, I would love to see an Expendables TV series where oh, you could have basically no. a revolving door of every you know B list action star that hasn't worked in ten years. No, 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 you know. no, no, no. Finally, no. get yeah. Steven Seagal
4: in yeah. in the mix. Yeah, exactly. He'd basically. probably stay on a lot longer than oh. others.
2: And no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> 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 I hate the Expendables with such a passion. It's such a terrible movie.
0: Or what about uh well they tried that was they tried Starship Troopers, didn't they? It was like an animated show.
1: Yeah, I heard it was good. I never watched it though.
0: That'd be like a neat HBO show. But probably showtime.
1: You know what really
2: needs a sequel? Melancholia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your ninja assassin. I'd watched that I'd watched the sequel to Melancholia. Have
2: you uh, oh, have you seen the whole I, film
0: yet?
4: Abe are you still still stuck at forty minutes in? No, I haven't finished Melancholia. <laughs> but for Aaron I will thanks Abe
0: yeah for sure okay um Eraserhead God
3: <laughs>
1: Eraserhead the show <laughs> Dead Man Walking the animated series
4: if they can make Robocop into
1: a television series they can make Eraserhead
4: <laughs> let's go to let's go to Abe how you ask another question alright uh this could be something for everybody as well what is one essential thing that you would pack if you went to deep space it could be anything, like toothpaste, toothpicks. Oxygen. Oxygen. But you know, the ship has oxygen. Duct tape. Your teddy bear Oh duct tape. Oh Done. Uh edible duct tape, I'll say that.
0: What? <laughs> it's the it's the future, probably exists. Oh okay. Twenty ninety three, right. <laughs> then I could do anything I want with
1: it. I guess I'm going to have to be sappy and say some kind of computer so I could skype with my kids.
4: Okay, not a fan. This reminds me of Moon, actually. I was thinking like a teddy bear,
1: but no. <laughs> I actually never slept with a stuffed animal like that. I'll throw one out. Yeah, um, this is for everybody, I guess. Name a franchise or two that there seems to be an attempt to revive that you think should just stay dead and buried.
0: I yeah. don't really need to see another Blade Runner film. Hey, Amen. I mean, uh, good kudos for Ridley Scott he's gonna do it or whatever and you know the, the dream world apparently where Harrison Ford's like yeah actually I'll, I'll work with Ridley again like, I mean, <laughs> 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 like if that happens like yeah I'll go see it but it's like I'm pretty content with the Blade Runner I have here <laughs> like, Total Recall I heard they want to turn
1: that into a franchise well didn't they do like a wasn't there a TV series for Total Recall there was a TV series and a yeah. direct DVD sequel if I recall yeah for me, it's
2: uh in addition to Blade Runner, it's got to be Toy Story. I'm hearing talk about Toy Story four,
1: no. and that
0: irritates me because Toy Story 3 is so magical. You guys personal. keep mentioning this. I've not heard. I've not I'm heard am Story because they They've done like a couple animated short things, and they're going to do like like 20 minute animated short things. But I don't think they really want to do any more sequels. I think they're well, just the content with these little know, short stories.
2: One Tom Hanks has said that he's heard buzz about a
3: possible. Fourth film, you heard what uh, she heard, <laughs> scream,
0: scream. Yeah, we don't, I don't think I need the scream TV series.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I'll throw does.
0: Oh, he's the one person that likes screaming. <laughs> it was funny and fun, and everyone was dead.
1: You're wrong on the first two, Cads.
0: <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Okay, so that's uh, that's how we play, know everybody. So, yeah, there you go. Um, the scene was, um All right, so let's get to movie trailer talk. We uh, talk about a couple of the newest movie trailers that have hit screens this past week, and we certainly got a couple new movie trailers here. Um, Let's talk about the first one. It is the new film from Quentin Tarantino, Django Unchained, starring Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, and Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's due to come out this Christmas, and it concerns Jamie Foxx as a former slave who's teamed up with a German bounty hunter, played by Christoph Waltz, as they attempt to find the man who has, uh, I guess, wronged Waltz and kidnapped Jamie Foxx's his, uh, his wife. And this apparently turns out to be an evil plantation owner. I don't know if there's non-evil plantation... Whatever, there's an evil plantation owner played by Leonardo DiCaprio. This film is very much a Western, although being Tarantino, it's probably going to mash in a lot of different kinds of things. But with all that said, let's uh, what do we think about the trailer? Let's start with uh, Jordan.
3: Oh, I can't wait. I mean... Um... At first, I was afraid. You were um, petrified. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> At first, you were afraid. You were petrified. No, no.
3: Um, I, 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 I was confused. Sorry, as why they would release it on like the Christmas holiday, when last year Girl, the Dragon Tattoo kind of underperformed. But the, the, the more I think about it, the, I, I think it's going to do quite well. Um, it's, it's not as dark or doesn't look as dark as Dragon Tattoo for one thing. Um. And come on, it's Quentin Turns, you know, who's not looking forward to it?
2: Adam? Um, I will be there opening night, mm-hmm. but I was underwhelmed by the trailer. I mean, it, it doesn't really have the vibe. Of, I mean, looking at it like this, I adore Glorious Bastards. And that was just, I felt a brilliant, brilliant film, particularly when you look at what he's, his pedigree. And this one just was kind of like a by the numbers. Revenge flick. It doesn't look that terribly exciting. I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm hoping that it's just kind of a poorly cut together trailer—not poorly, but just an underwhelming, you know, series of footage that they picked. So I'll be there opening night, but I'm hoping it's better than the trailer.
0: I will go next because I have a response to that. I—I I think you can say the same thing about the Inglorious Bastards trailer, the initial one, anyway, where it literally just presents you with a group of guys that are going to kill Nazis, and that's the entire story. Of course, we now know that Inglorious Bastards has way more going on, and that whole section of the film is probably the 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 least seen plot in that movie. But uh, I mean, certainly going in there, you certainly seeing that initial trailer for Inglorious Bastards, I thought a certain thing before, you know, understanding that I was getting something else out of it. But with that said, I really like the uh, Django Unchained trailer. Just just, I mean, just because I got super enthusiastic about seeing a new Quentin Tarantino film, let alone a Western by him since he's been dabbling in the themes of westerns for in a lot of his films, and now he's just finally doing a straightforward one. Uh,
2: to respond to that really quick, mm-hmm. but again, how many Tarantino films do we need? Where oh, okay, we've got a couple of folks or, or one main protagonist who have a series of people to kill. I mean, this is what the fourth film with that through lines. I mean, I'm just saying it looks kind of familiar, and I'm not sure if I want a familiar thing. I wanted to see where he can go and what else he can do,
1: Scott. I thought it was an okay trailer. the The trailer itself didn't particularly blow me away, but you know, whatever. It looks fun. It looks colorful. Leonardo DiCaprio looks like he's having a blast. But the idea of the film very much excited me. Um, I love the idea that Quentin Tarantino's second act of his career is going to be basically a a you know basically doing revenge, revisionist history, revisionist history with an eye toward sort of feel-good bloodshed with a deconstructing look at what that says about us that we are so happy to see, you know, the bad guys get slaughtered in, you know, in such a brutal, horrifying way. Uh, *Inglorious Bastards was, you know, for me, I saw it twice, and I got a lot more out of it the second time I saw it. You know, its morality is more complicated than I think I gave it credit for initially. It's basically a film that, you know, asks you to root for, you know, the oppressed, murdering, slaughtering, butchering the oppressors, and then basically, you know, basically is willing to say, you know, is that is that really a good thing? Is that something we want to encourage? And also in a way, and I hope uh, Django Unchained sort of continues this, you know, sort of Quentin Tarantino looking at how we view history through a cinematic lens. And you know obviously i I'm, I'm biting off a lot in, you know one film and then one preview for another film but the idea that that will be his thesis going through the next stage of his career that will arguably give his films more meaning than just quentin tarantino does homages to stuff he loved as a kid that's very exciting to me the idea that his films may actually have some kind of depth beyond very high quality genre homage after all that he may actually be commenting on the very nature of cinematic homage and, again, how we sort of view history through the movies, through that filter and what it says about us. That make, I hope that made some sense.
4: Abe? <laughs> I'm going to go to the library and research that and write a thesis on it now. That's actually a pretty interesting concept that you have there, Scott. Uh, Thank but, you. Yeah, the trailer actually, like, it was <laughs> decent. I'm a big fan of all the Quentin Tarantino stuff. <laughs> So obviously I'm excited for this movie as well. But the only thing I would say is I kind of wish I got a better grasp of Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Although I did like him holding that giant drink with the coconut and straw. It's very classy.
3: And the shot of the blood splattering on the cotton. Yes, that was actually a really nice so, shot.
4: Which
3: I'm surprised I yeah. so
1: surprise, they got into a Green Band trailer.
0: I think it's just because no, just, you just see Red going on to yeah, something. Yeah. And because you know the MPA you knows audiences are stupid and they can't connect the dots. Um, flawless as always. Uh, it was a hot day and there's a lot of lipstick. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Django Unchained opens on Christmas Day, and uh, fittingly, um, and uh, yeah, our next trailer we have is the new, <laughs> first time in a while, live action film from Robert Zemeckis. It's called Flight, and, and it stars Denzel Washington as a pilot who makes a. A miraculous save during an uh, airplane flight, and um, upon review, has called into question in regards to his character. I guess that's the easiest way to phrase it, since the trailer seems to spoil a lot more about most of the film. Um, in the film, besides Denzel Washington, you also have Don Cheadle, John Goodman, and a host of other supporting actors, which you know quite a solid cast here. And uh, yeah, with that said, let's uh, start with Adam this time. Adam, what did you think of the flight trailer? I'm just
2: amazed at how much performance capture has improved <laughs> since 2009. I mean, wow, I mean, Denzel looks like Denzel. I mean, when he's doing the John Goodman part, you really can't even tell that it's you know,
0: uh,
2: not Denzel. I mean, you just can't tell.
0: Tom Hanks does a dead-on Don Cheadle
2: i <laughs> you know, To be honest with you, like I got like a castaway vibe from this movie. I'm like, wait a minute, this trailer. Like, what's going on? Like, didn't Zemeckis do this already? Um, but no, I'm down. I'm excited. I mean, Denzel Washington is great, and to see him work with a filmmaker like Zemeckis, that's cool. He, you know, he hasn't worked with somebody, you know, outside the Tony Scott vein, kind of for a while. So you know, I'll be excited to, to see what they've got and you
1: know, what's going on underneath the service Scott. Um, I love the trailer. Yes, it's very spoilery, but that's Robert Zemeckis for you, unfortunately. I'm thrilled to see him returning to live action. I like his motion capture films. I think Beowulf is awesome. I I will defend that film to the death. Uh, And one of the great cinematic experiences of my recent life was seeing the Polar Express in IMAX 3D, having Mm -hmm. no idea how good the 3D was going to be. I'm thrilled to see him back. And making the kind of film that arguably they just don't make anymore. I mean, there's there's plane crash footage that I would guess takes up maybe 10 minutes of the film. The rest of it is just a character drama. Um, it's basically, what is this? Is there a big secret behind Denzel Washington and why he was able to fly this plane and land this plane? And the rest of it's going to be him dealing with the out, you know, the uh, whatever of, what's the word I'm thinking of? Wind, not windfall. Uh, repercussions? Thank you. Repercussions. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, <laughs> repercussions of that incident. Um, a lot of good people in it. Melissa Leo is there. You know Don Chietel, uh What's her name from My Name Is Earl? Uh, Nadine name is
0: Nadine Velasquez.
1: Yes. And for what it's worth, I I read something very briefly of someone who read the script, and they said the trailer isn't as spoilery as you think it is. Oh, that's good to know. And I that's really hope that's true. Cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah. My wife is. This is probably going to be her favorite film of the year. She's she's all about the seconds from disaster. Disaster, air emergency, etc., etc., kind of stuff. So this is going to be a definite babysitter movie for us. So she loves Ray Liotta's Turbulence.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know if she's seen that. That was a long time ago. I'm pretty sure she has not seen Turbulence. 2 Fear of Flying. though.
0: <laughs> Jordan, what do you think uh, of the trailer for Flight?
3: Um, I'm not, you know, excited about it, but I'm definitely going to see it. Uh, I, I've, I've, interested to see uh, Robert Zemeckis return to actual live action um i haven't been a fan of his most of his animated stuff in the past decade so um yeah i mean john goodman it's gonna be great i, I love that little shot with the uh, doesn't he have like a weird ponytail or something yep. um yeah that sold me <laughs> so, uh...
1: well I, I have to say i that was very curious to me because that's pretty much the same ponytail he wears on us on community so now you have to wonder, is that his hair now? <laughs> what? You know, I don't think
0: he had that ponytail on his initial episode in Community, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but,
1: the, but the later ones... The later and, ones and, and, he did, so I feel yeah. like he
0: was, you know, filming Flight and, filming and Community <laughs> or, at the same time.
1: Or that's his hair.
0: <laughs> or he wanted. He made the choice to do it on Community, unexplained, and then brought it over to Flight.
1: Could be. Could but be.
2: who's keeping yeah.
1: track?
0: Uh, Abe, what did you think of the Flight trailer?
4: Uh, I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was very cool that it's not so much a Sully Sullenberger story of, oh, you're a hero. Praise you, Denzel, kind of thing. It's kind of of a mysterious sequence of events and also maybe like a character play. Um, uh, There's a legal battle. I don't know if Aaron Sorkin wrote it. He probably didn't. So I'm not going to enjoy that. But uh, I was also very curious about the musical selections in this trailer. I thought it was very odd because uh, they've got like, you know, some nice little upbeat Bohem like, Bahama music, and then there's this very serious thing going on, so I can't really tell where this is going. But, yeah, definitely when John Gibbon goes in, I was like, this is kind of strange, but I'm going with it, yes. So, yeah, shotgun to the face with uh, Denzel Washington.
3: Seems like they waited a long time to do an executive decision sequel.
0: <laughs> but I'll still see it. Oh snap! Look at the same thing happening to the same guy twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I I like this trailer just because I didn't know this was coming. Like I I knew Robert Zemeckis was coming back with a live action movie, and I was like, oh okay. And then I finally saw this trailer. It's like, oh well, that's that's different. All right, I, that 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 look that looks like fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't know he had already filmed it. I thought like he was in the process like
3: in uh, pre production.
0: But yeah. Um, I you know I like Robert Zemeckis as a director. I like Denzel Washington. I like George, um, John Goodman. I mean so you got a lot of good ingredients right there along with the rest of the people in it. I like Don Cheadle a lot too. So that always helps even though he's playing a square in this movie it seems. But uh okay. Although I did the one, one. Thank you. I, I do like the reteaming of Denzel Washington and Don Cheadle after Devil in a Blue Dress. So that's that's something right there. Probably not going to be as awesome as his character as Mouse in that movie though. But um <laughs> And the reteaming of John Goodman and Denzel Washington after Fallen, I believe. After Fallen, yeah. God, I love that movie. That's a cool movie. (laughs)
1: I love that. That's one of my favorite supernatural thrillers in the last 15 years. Oh,
0: that makes me more of a friend of Scott now, because no (laughs) one recognizes how much fun Fallen is.
1: Well, it's actually, you know, what I like is that it's not fun. It's actually very depressing and sad and gross. Mostly,
0: but just as in a, a yeah, yeah, cool and, movie.
1: <laughs> and Elias Codius is awesome. It. Elias Codius
0: is always awesome at things.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah he is. But that was that was sort of when he sort of came of age as a character actor you know, after, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. After,
0: after the Casey Jones days where he's yes. shaved
1: off the hair <laughs> and decided... <laughs> he was, to a was a great Casey Jones! He was a great... Oh, he was, he was. All right, so, uh,
0: yeah, flight opens November 2nd, just right before Thanksgiving, so before you, you know, fly out to see all your relatives, you're gonna watch this movie about Denzel Washington flipping a plane upside down. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, (laughs) Spoiler. All right. um, So, those trailers out of the way. Let's get to our film review for Prometheus.
1: A
3: king has his reign.
2: separated by centuries, and yet this same pictogram
3: was discovered in every one of them.
4: They're smiling. I think they want us to come and find them.
3: We're all here because of a map you two kids found in a cave.
0: Not a map. An invitation.
3: From whom?
2: Please tell me you can read that.
1: Prometheus? Are you seeing
0: this? Whatever that probe is picking up, it's reading life form. All right, so that was some of the trailer for Prometheus. And uh, this is, again, the uh, new film from uh, Britley Scott. And I'll just, let's see here. It's basically about a team of explorers who discover the clues to the possibly the origins of mankind, and so a few years and a trillion dollars later, they attempt to follow these clues to a far-off planet, and upon arrival, the explorers, along with the help of, and surveillance from the Wayland Company, that is, paid for the expedi- expedition as well as um, an android in the form of Michael Fassbender, uh, they discover a location that seems to have once been occupied by an advanced race of beings. Of course, this discovery leads to bad times for everybody as well, as disastrous things occur when people try to touch things that they shouldn't. And now they must fight a terrifying <laughs> battle to save possibly the future of the human race. Epic and gooey hijinks ensue. Abe, what did you think of for me? <laughs>
4: Surprisingly, I found it not as cool as I thought it was going to be. Um, and I know there was a lot of had going in I just found the writing to be very flat I guess it was. I felt it was just really weak writing uh, on some of the dialogue and then I found that there, a lot of the side characters were just there for really no reason. The movie moved along very, the pace was set very um, it seemed like it was very quick and if there is a director's cut I'm willing to watch that. I think that Adam you had written earlier that if there was maybe a 45 minutes extra or something like that it would have been great. Uh And I do agree with that, because there's a lot of things that I wanted to be explained. Uh, I could do a lot without some of the side characters. I could really go into some more about the engineers, um, maybe some of the structures. Um, And again, I felt that some things were coming out of the blue. There's one point where Idris Elba all of a sudden knows all this explanation of an installation in space or in deep space. And I have no idea where that came from. I think it was more speculation. Okay, yeah, speculation, but where does that come from, you know? And then it's, it's just a lot of weird things that I didn't really like about it. But I liked the concept of it. And I liked the idea of, you know, these guys going into deep space, maybe trying to find out what this meaning is. And uh, I found the production value to be very good. The costume design was great, the sets, um, all the tanks and everything else, or all the, uh, the vehicles and um, the technology that they're using. But otherwise, I just, I really couldn't get into it. I was actually kind of upset that it was so choppily written, and it's just, it wasn't really pleasing to me.
2: Adam. I really liked Prometheus. Um, I don't think it's a perfect film, and I can understand what Abe's getting at as far as, I mean, it's it's tough when you have a film like this that is, you know, Ridley Scott finally coming back to sci-fi for the first time since Blade Runner. And not just coming back to sci-fi, but coming back to the Alien universe. I mean, these are really exciting things, because I think Ridley Scott's best films are sci-fi films, whether you're looking at Alien or Blade Runner or whatnot. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a really exciting thing, and it's, it's tough when you have your expectations up so high. I mean, to, to, to Abe's point, I mean, I can understand, I can kind of agree, okay, yeah, I mean, the trailer you know, makes it look incredibly awesome, and it's not doesn't quite live up, but at the same time, I really liked it. Um, I think it's a beautiful film, visually. Uh, I think the colors are fantastic. And I really like the way it kind of sidesteps your expectations. I mean, I was ready for an immediate body count, and the way that the film takes its time to establish the tone, to establish the characters, to kind of set things up. And so that, it just it's, I like the way it sidesteps you, because you're ready for a body count, and it takes its time to get there. And then when it does have some rather big uh, chills and thrill moments, you know, those are pretty effective. Um, there are a lot of things about the film I don't particularly understand. I'm looking forward to a second let to see if I can put them together. Um, I do think the film would have been better served to be a bit longer, because uh, there are a lot of really interesting concepts that the film suggests and it kind of hints at, but we don't really get into. Like, for example, uh, the Shaw character, the Numi um pardon me, that character, she's a person of faith and then all of a sudden she's out in the situation where her her certainty is being challenged by doubt and she's wrestling with all these complex emotions. You know, I really would have liked to see that dealt with a little more thoroughly and whatnot. And I think if the film had been a little longer with a couple more um, sequences where we really kind of get into these characters' heads a little bit more, I think that would have served it better. Um, But by the same token, I really enjoyed the film I think it's a beautiful film visually, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again.
0: I'd like to go next, and uh, before I dig into it, I just want to say, from what I've read, and this could easily change, uh, Ridley Scott doesn't seem to plan on be planning on doing a director's cut. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but from what I've read, I mean, he says he's pretty happy with the cut that's out currently. That's what I've heard. But, um... I uh, I like the film quite a bit. I wouldn't say I love the film. Um, I think it has some very clear problems. I think story and character are not the film's strong suit, but v- visually it's pretty fantastic. And yes, there there are a lot of there's a lot there's a lot going on in what it's trying to present and how it's tr- trying to represent all the various ideas it brings up. And no, it does not answer a lot of. It le- it leaves you with a lot of lingering thoughts about certain things, and it leaves you to do a lot of spag, a lot of kind of s- work yourself for speculation on how certain things should be coming together or what they have the potential to come together in a potential sequel or what have you. And it- so, I I think it's I think the film is very ambitious and just doesn't quite bring a full closure to a lot of what it's what it's putting out there and what it's setting up. But beyond that, yeah, I do. I did really like the movie for its visual splendor. I, I think the the direction from Scott, regardless of the script, I think he I think he certainly I, th- I think he certainly tried a lot. He tried to really to delve back into a sci fi film and really give it all he has. I think um, I think it I think it does when it does real when it's like when the film's working at its best. I think it is really good. It has one of the tensest scenes I've seen in quite some time, which I don't want to detail here, but I saw this movie twice and was squirming around both times and I also think that the gift of Michael Fassbender once again goes a long way because he's absolutely fantastic in this movie and um, I can get into other things later on about what I really didn't like about this movie in regards to certain character decisions and how conventional the the story feels once you take away basically the ideas and visuals and get down to what the arc of this film is I think there's some clear problems there but i'll let others talk for now so um jordan what'd you think of the film um i liked it quite a bit i agree with with pretty much everyone that it 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 is a bit too
3: short for for everything that it introduces and tries to explore i feel that it's intentional inconsistencies would would have um paid off a a lot more if it were at least you know even 15 minutes longer um some of the characters, I mean, m- most of the characters just vanished from the film completely. Um, it, they said there were about <laughs> 17 crew members. I don't think we even saw all 17. Very few get actually get the chance to breathe. But the ones we see, I did like the relationships. And I, as you said, it has some very tense scenes, um, although some of them, the the, the way they, they develop are, are pretty stupid at, at one point. Um. But it's it's a film that I feel we could have just a, a whole podcast talking about our theories on it and um, how, how we interpreted different aspects of it. And for that, I really appreciate um, that the people that I saw it with, some of them didn't like it, but we still had this great conversation about it, which is which is really rare for a big summer blockbuster. So for that, I really I really appreciated the film for giving that opportunity. Um, I thought the acting was really good all around, um, especially, well, of course, Fassbender and Numi Rapace. Um, I felt she kind of brought this uh, this gentle, warm presence to kind of counter Fassbender's like chilling amb- ambiguity. Um, yeah, I can definitely see how people, you know, could walk out disappointed. I don't blame them at all. It, it's a valiant effort, and I feel for the most part it succeeds. Uh,
0: Scott.
1: Um, I'm pretty much mixed negative on this one. Having said that, it's a film that, like Tin, I didn't like, but I'm certainly not going to begrudge anyone that did like it. Um, visually, it looks gorgeous. There's a certain sense of scale that I appreciated. And, you know, it's sad that we're talking about a film that only cost $130 million. But, you know, in this day and age, every penny is on the screen. And it just shows that when you have a movie like that, with a budget like that, that doesn't have a ton of conventional action beats and explosions and stunts, you can make that money go a long way. the 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 art direction is superb. The cinematography looks gorgeous. I also think, like Michael Bay before him last year, shooting in 3D has sort of benefited Ridley Scott in not being able to indulge in the sort of the choppy, choppy hundred edits a second type style that he's used in in you know Gladiator. Uh, what's it called, Black Hawk Down, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I loved the wide compositions, the, the, the large shots, and the, the, just the, the film felt big even when it was in a somewhat claustrophobic location like a spaceship or a cave. Now, having said that, if you take away the size and scale of the film, I felt what you're left with is a somewhat generic and then they were none type film. Whether it is or is not a prequel to Alien, it's a very Alien-type film. You know, whether Alien or The Thing or, you know, Event Horizon or what have you. And, for example, on a purely primal, visceral level, I didn't find it nearly as scary as Event Horizon. Um, you know, we can debate which is a better film, but Event Horizon scared the living crap out of me in a theater 15 years ago. I agree with that. Um, This did not. Uh, There's one very interesting scene in the second act that others have alluded to a scene that I think is probably the only reason the film got an R rating in the first place. Uh, Cause the rest of the film, while there is violence and there is occasionally graphic violence, it's, it's edited and shot in a way that they could have toned it down if they had to. Um, but that's, you know, I'm not going to punish the film because of its rating. Um, I thought the characters were very thin overall. You have 17 characters and I could only tell you maybe four or five of them. And Without going into too much detail, when the violence does occur, I felt the film loses track of its own body count. You know, there there are 17 people on this ship, and I couldn't tell you what actually happened to most of them, you know, aside from the ones that do survive. So in my mind, and even the quote-unquote big ideas the film brings up, I don't want to spoil it by referring to, you know, the big ideas that it brings up are both from a very influential science fiction what if story from the 1960s that I'm not going to name because it's a giant spoiler but I'm sure you you guys all know what I'm talking about and a mostly forgotten, you know, 2000 science fiction film that's mostly forgotten. The ideas I didn't think were particularly noteworthy. They weren't and the film sort of treats this as it's the first film ever to deal with this Thesis in question. I'm, I'm being vague here, but I don't really want to spoil it. There's no reason to. What I think is interesting is that I've been hearing a lot over the last day about how there's this alternate theory of the film that comes from a discarded subplot that Ridley Scott talked about in an interview that he ended up not using. So basically, you have a film that makes perfect sense if you include the discarded subplot that came about, you know, from a, you know, the. The theory that came from the discarded subplot that came from old interviews from the director about a year and a half ago. Um, I, I, you're right. The film doesn't have that many plot holes, but I do believe it's the kind of film that intentionally leaves stuff unexplained purely to set up for a sequel. And frankly, that annoyed me. If you want us to get interested in your sequel, finish your first film first. Um, you know, to me, it's no different than a horror film that just arbitrarily goes. Okay, we're going to stop here. You know, hey, look, go to a website for more information. Or, hey, look, the killer's you know, still alive, cut to credits. Um, that's not what actually happens in this film, but that's what I'm, you know, it reminded me of. Um, it looks great, relatively well acted, but very flat characters, very generic story, and ideas that aren't nearly as noteworthy as they think they are. Uh, I didn't go into this with any expectations other than a very high quality and then there were none type film, and I don't even feel feel I got that. Just very
4: quickly to add, I mean, I, I really didn't go with a, too large of expectations either. I remember when we were doing our top ten for the summer, um, my number one anticipated film was actually Brave, but um, besides Dark Knight Rises, um, I just... I think that Adam had said it right, too, which is just, I wonder how everything plays when it's seen the second time. And I've only seen this the, the first time, so I didn't see it a second time. I wonder if things make, you know, it feels better. So I know that, Aaron, you saw it a second time, so I, I don't know if you have any insight onto that. Um, for In that regard,
0: I can say that I had the same experience watching it the second time, but with that said, I had a very long discussion with my friend about the film after we saw it the first time, so I feel like I... Essentially, I already had that second time experience just by deconstructing the film with my friend, if that makes any sense. Jordan, you've seen it twice, now, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I I definitely enjoyed it just as much the second time
3: around. Um, I, I I I was not bored at all by the film. It, it
0: kept me wide awake both times. I would I would yeah I would never say that I was bored by the film, even in parts yeah. where I was somewhat frustrated. With, we, we can get into this. Oh yeah. Now, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I would never say that I was. Just because there's so much to admire from a visual standpoint, just of what's on screen, mm-hmm. and even um, just like what's going on in terms of trying to decipher the somewhat cryptic messages that's being delivered throughout this story, regardless of how effective or necessary they may be, I was I was, I was into the film the entire time. But um, yeah. let's let's get into okay. So my of the issues I have the the um the story is like. <laughs> you have like this trillion dollar science experiment going on and some of these characters in this film make some of the like the most idiotic decisions that i can't bring myself to comprehend and leave your helmet on yeah leave your leave your <laughs> helmet on that's a good one but you could breathe great keep your helmet on don't touch things that are hissing <laughs> at you <laughs> oh, that... lock
2: lock you know why not lock the doors on the spaceship so you can't just go anywhere and do anything? oh i have a really valuable piece of equipment oh let's let's, let's leave the door unlocked no locks.
0: Yeah, there's some really going let's turn left once, maybe. Uh, there's some just some there's some really poor choices made by characters.
4: <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm getting out with the the story seems very like choppily to put together, which is just you meet these these guys come out of hypersleep, they have this meeting, you meet one guy who is like a badass, apparently he's like a shaved head guy. You realize later he's a geologist and he has this huge emotional outburst for no real reason. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: And yeah, that was and distracting, then,
4: yes. Yeah, and later, he actually returns later, which you wonder, like, way later I'm talking about when they're trying to exit, and you're wondering, why didn't the other person return also? I'm, I'm confused as to the logic behind some of this. Well, I, I,
2: could, I could actually answer that, but the problem is that we would get into spoilers. Yeah,
4: I understand, yeah. And I'm being as vague as possible. But, you yeah. know, just some of that stuff where... You have these characters, they do develop a little bit, but you really don't go much more. And then you, you expect people to to see their point of view or, or, or care where they're coming from. But realistically, I just felt that this came out of the blue, out of left field, and I wasn't sure uh, if, the, if uh, they meant to write this this way, which I'm sure that they did. But again, Scott had made it correct, which is just this is not a novel concept, this is not anything new. They could have really done a lot better with this. And I, I, I was just really disappointed with the writing, most of all, and the character development. Um, and there's another, there's two more examples of that, which is Numa Rukas' uh, love interest and her, her, I guess, her PhD partner. He's really excited, and then he's really sad, and then he's really excited again, and I'm not really sure like, what his deal is because he's the badass of the group or something. Uh, so I don't really understand that. And then there's also this very emotional part where, uh, she's talking to him about bearing children and I'm just not really sure how that came up at all. That that was kind of out of, that's kind of like the gremlins thing of the, the father dying on Christmas thing, you know what I mean? And so I was just, I, I really didn't appreciate any of the writing. I just felt as though it was just so poor.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I didn't have as big of a problem with the characterization. I mean, I will agree that some of it's kind of flat, and sometimes, I mean, some of the dialogue's pretty pedestrian as far as, like, the side characters. And, I mean, yeah, we don't really get as, as far into their heads as, as we might have liked as far as the side characters go. But at the same time, I mean, it, it didn't bother me so much just because the film was so engaging visually and because, I mean, I, I felt... That, I guess a decent connection with, with Numi Ripasso's character. I mean, there's some stuff that she has to, uh, overcome and deal with in the, in the course of the film. And like you were alluding to Aaron, I mean, there's that, there's that one scene. Oh my God. That was, that was amazing. I mean, like I said, the film's not, I don't think the film's that ter- really that scary with the exception of that one scene. Um, yeah. and there's also another scene where she has to, she watches something happen to another character that I really thought was really emotionally effective so I, I get what you're saying as far as the characters being a little flat in places, but it didn't bother me as much as bothered you. Yeah.
0: It didn't bother me in terms of I was happy with following the characters. It didn't bother me in the same way that in Aliens, I'm not bothered by not knowing all of the characters in that film. Aliens is another film that also has many exactly. many characters in that movie, but you only get to know like Michael Bean and Ripley, Ripley and Newt for the most That's part, good. like the other and Paul Reiser, like the other one, even even like. That, I mean, even Vasquez and Bill Paxton's character, like you just you just know them as basically archetypes of people. Like they're just they're kind of they're fairly one-dimensional. I mean they don't, they don't have much going on that you like learn about them beyond <laughs> Bill Paxton's hilarious delivery of lines and Vasquez, Vasquez's ability to act like a tomboy. Like there's not there's nothing else to these characters. You really you don't learn that. Okay, but. The, it, but yeah, that's a lot of that's talk about aliens the talk from atheists. I mean, yeah, we only we only get to know so much about th- some of these characters. But the ones I got to know about, mainly Michael Fassbender and Numir me, knew to an extent. Michael Fassbender is incredibly fascinating to me. And yeah, I, yeah, it it does suffer when you have like other characters that are you know supposed to be pivotal to certain sequences who are just written very poorly. And that those are things that I certainly recognize badly about the film. But i was intrigued enough by things that michael fassbender's character did and just things that the movie did in general where i was able to overcome some of those problems i had to enjoy the film more
2: am i interrupting
0: thought you might be running low pour yourself a glass
2: Pa. thank you but i'm afraid it would be wasted on me you think we wasted our time coming here don't you your question depends on me understanding what you hope to achieve by coming here what we hope to achieve was to meet our makers, to get answers. Why, they even made us in the first place. Why do you think your people made me? We made you because we could. Can you imagine how disappointing it would be for you to hear the same thing from your creator? (laughs) May I ask you something?
1: Please do. How far would you go to get what you came all this way for? Your answers.
2: What would you be willing to do? Anything and everything.
3: One thing that bothered me, and I really hope I'm not repeating what someone said, um, without trying to give too much away. There's a, a certain entity that comes aboard the ship, and like no one mentions it, like no one's <laughs> concerned about it until like the script needs it again, like the very last scene, and that kind of bothered me. I thought, what come you 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 have this really dangerous thing on your ship. You should be concerned about getting rid of it. Um, that should be your number one priority. And um, and just little things like that sprinkled throughout the uh, the story.
1: No, I I agree with you. I think a lot of the film, frankly, revolves around the idiot plot, which sure. is Gene Siskel always talked about. You know, the movie would be over in five minutes. Everybody was an idiot. <laughs> uh, one thing that bothered me on a on a character sense is, you know, we're all supposed to go, oh, you know, Charlie's Theron is such a bitch, for lack of a better word. But, you know, she's right. You know, most... Oh. She, she has the right <laughs> idea pretty much the entire film. Except for one scene. and Well, yes, except for one scene where she... Yeah.
2: Doctors. Miss Vickers would like to have a quick word before the adventure begins.
1: I think there might be some confusion about our relationship. Let's say you do find these beings down there. You won't engage them. You won't talk to them. You will do nothing but report back to me. You know, we're supposed to empathize with the, with Numi Rapace and, and her lover slash partner. And like, I, I, no, they're, they're wrong. And she's right. And, and the movie lost me for a while because that was pretty obvious coupled with the very, very stupid things that so many characters do once they get into the exploratory stage of the movie. Uh, again, yay, you can breathe. P- keep your helmet on. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, it's got oxygen? Great. Put your helmet on. But, but the the oxygen <laughs> readouts were better than Earth's.
4: <laughs> keep your
1: helmet on. Spaceball oh. style. Yes, exactly. Because, right. <laughs> uh, you know, because of that, the film went from suck to blow. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense i just want to throw that in um
3: and, you know, are we still talking about Prometheus? <laughs> me
1: um, how,
2: how is that not an improvement
1: <laughs> um but no and you know don't touch the alien life forms or you know it, it's i don't remember if anyone would take off their gloves or not i would imagine they weren't that dumb but got close. um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There
4: is a scene um, with New Member Poss outside just like heavily breathing and her hand is free, and I was thinking, wouldn't her hand just burn off? But that's think. just that's just like nitpicking.
1: No, and, and, and you know, again, I thought the characters were, you know, I think it's ironic that a, a number of people have compared this film to two thousand and one for one reason or another. I I think they couldn't be more different. But the same thing in that the robot is the more most interesting character of in the film. And you know, more interesting than any of the humans. With 2001, you know, arguably that's intentional. With this, I think it's just a matter of, he has the most interesting character, and the rest of the, everyone else is pretty flat. I would
0: agree with that, because, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a scene in the second act, where Idris Elba basically propositions Charlie's Theron. And I thought, cool, you're basically having a mixed race sexual encounter without any big deal to have about it, but then five minutes later you realize that because of that encounter, lots of really bad it's like great, two consenting adults are having sex in an R-rated film for adults and you're still playing the sex equals death card. Screw you. <laughs> and that kind of pissed me off.
4: That's going to uh, be in Cabin in the Woods part 2. They're going to play that card. No,
1: thank you. That's what I was getting at. The entire film, you know, <laughs> you know all the, you know, the 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 scale and the special effects and the big questions at the center, at the end of the day, Prometheus is just another scenario on the white blackboard. Uh <laughs> And that's what it felt to me. It's like you know, is is this it? It was like, oh, okay. It's, it's basically the thing 2011 with better special effects. Damn, yeah. that was my
4: callback. What I um,
1: what I want to what I really what I take away.
0: I mean, we can get to the visuals and stuff because the, I don't think anyone's going to complain about the visuals in this movie. I think the, no, the spectacle, the, spe- the spectacle no. aspect. Is, actually, let's just talk about it now since it's not my much. The spectacle aspect of this film is pretty fantastic. Even the three did everyone see this in 3D? Did anyone not see it in 3D? Yes, yes, I, I It's not in 2 d Okay. 3D. okay ridley scott filmed in 3d with with 3d cameras like he did all that he, he did the, the, the right way to do it and because of it he was also able to kind of limit his similar to like michael bay last year where it wasn't as heavy with the edits because you have to be a little more careful in how you film a 3d scene and you know adding the sense of scope and scale that Ridley scott can do since he's you know he's he's practiced a few times in the the realm of epic filmmaking he certainly, you know, it looks good as a 3D film. Like, it has a, it ha, it, you can, I mean, the depth's there. It's not over the top 3D, but, like, you can see the, you can see everything quite clearly. The film doesn't seem hindered by having this added dimension on it. it I'm not saying it's a, necess, a necessity for the film, because very few films have that necessity beyond Hugo, which makes it actually apply to the narrative in some way, or even um, even Avatar and, you know, a few others. But, like, yeah, Prometheus certainly doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily need the 3d but it's certainly not a bad looking 3d film and it's not a bad looking film in terms of its the visual wonderment that we're all getting to experience things like just the designs of ships that use the the way technology is communicated through us through visuals just like seeing how this world works based on what's communicated to us visually with various you know machines panels and what have you it's all that's all great stuff right there like i love all that development um
1: no, I, I agree. In fact, you know, even though I'm not crazy about the film, I would still say it is such a visually dynamic experience that it should be seen once in a the theater.
0: Yeah, for sure. I know I'm
1: kind of skipping ahead to your thing, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um,
0: <laughs> um, the main reason, the where I where I fault the writing with character with characters and just you know basic plot elements. What gets me is that this film does have like it's trying to do something. It it tries more than other other blockbusters would try to do in the in, in this time of year where it just wants to simply throw at you crazy, mindless entertainment. And I understand, I understand that not everyone needs to, you know, enjoy and just embrace that idea of like, well, I didn't get any answers from this. So why am I supposed to like her? Um, But I'm happy. anyway. Regardless of that, I I just like the idea that this movie basically exists, that it has like things to kind of, make you ponder about it i love the idea that i'm going to be able to talk with my friends about what's happening in prometheus for a while as opposed to watching a movie that i'm going to forget about in the next 24 hours before i have to you know besides writing a review and doing a podcast about it the um i i like that this movie has a lot of things going on and no not not everything's pulled off well in my opinion but i i i admire the existence of this film
2: um, I'd say skip the 3D personally. Just to go back to the visual aspect, I mean, I saw it in 3D at first. You know, it was certainly something that I was. I'm looking around the frame. I'm trying to see how he's using 3D. But I got to a point where I, I pretty much just plumb forgot that it was in 3D at, at all. And, and in my book, if it's not enhancing the visual experience, then you know, just save the extra money and go in 2D. I, I don't think it's anything that you need to see in uh, in 3D. And it's you know. But that—that's—I mean, it's a—it's it, I think it'd be, it's a beautiful film in either two or three. But I'd just say save the money, and go
0: and see in two D.
3: I just love the three D in the opening sequence. It, it reminded me of um that documentary Earth or 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 Planet Earth, and, uh, and there's parts of that that are in the three D I saw in theaters, and it, it reminded me of that, and I got a kick out of that whole sequence.
4: I'm glad I didn't miss anything. Awkward silence. The 3D. I, was, I was hoping <laughs> someone would have something to say about my other point besides the three D. No, but I, I do appreciate that point too, which is just that there is something that they're trying to say. But again, I, I'm not, I don't really like how they were going about it. It's just they didn't expose that much time to it, which is understandable. But at the same time, there's there's a very quick. I feel as though there's a very kind of like a quick ending to it for one for a couple of characters. Um, New Movie process character kind of delves with it a lot more, and you know you have that quick flashback. With what like uh, with what's his face from Insidious there? Patrick Wilson. Patrick yeah, Wilson. Night yeah, Owl. doing it doing like a South African accent, and I'm just like you know I, I wonder what her search is kind of thing, and uh, I'm not really too sure, but I do appreciate that they infused it with an idea that you could you could think about a little bit more rather than just Transformers 2 where you're just everything's just blowing up yeah i certainly i definitely think there's, there's like
0: there's enough material for like three different movies within this one movie and it yeah it does it's it's weird how this movie is both like it's both deliberately paced but like incredibly fast-paced in terms of just showing you and presenting you with a lot of ideas and stuff and yeah it would i, I would have i don't know how like if it was a miniseries or if it was you know just multiple films but i it it, it came out to be this just this one film and yeah it's crammed with ideas and concepts and uh, plot (laughs) (laughs) yeah as as,
3: uh, Scott said it definitely shares a lot more with like Event Horizon than it does with with 2001 it's still enjoyable I feel
1: I think the only in the only sense that it's a disappointment is in perhaps unrealistic expectations Um, it's you know, it's, it's a slightly smarter than, I'm not even going to say a normal summer blockbuster. It's a stereotypical summer blockbuster. But in terms of the idea that, oh, it has ideas, you know, that's good. But I would argue, you know, what I have before in other areas that most films have some idea at their core. You know, they, they may get it across well, they may not. Uh, I think there's a tendency to presume that all blockbuster filmmaking is by nature brain dead. And even something like the Transformers sequels, I've argued, you know, obviously I disagree with this thesis, but the films pretty much argue the whole, we should, you know, we were right to go into Iraq and we should never, ever leave. Because if we ever leave the Middle East, the Decepticons are going to come and kill us all. Um, so the point being is I, 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 I don't give the film that much credit for having ideas. Because I think most films have ideas. What frustrates me about the film is the, what I felt was the film's, Desire, intent to be intentionally ambiguous, not because so much it served the story, but because, oh, we want to keep them guessing for a sequel. And like, no, no. You don't know that you're going to get a sequel. This film might flop, and then where are you? Um, you know, it's presumptuous, it's cynical, it's arrogant. Um, you know, say what you will about Snow White and the Huntsman, but at least that movie ended at the end, where, yeah, there might be another adventure a couple years down the line, but the story that we were being told is over with prometheus the story we're being told is just getting into its second act and then all of a sudden you cut to you know you cut to credits and that kind of frustrated me
0: see i didn't quite feel that way i didn't feel like i felt like i got i mean i wouldn't say it's like a complete story but i felt like i got I, i felt like i got a story i felt like i got one that ended where it needed to end for for this for this film like not necessarily this chapter but i don't feel like if I did, if there what if this if Prometheus flopped if it didn't if the if it flopped completely and there's no chance for a sequel ever like I don't feel like I'd be disappointed in that necessarily I feel like I got enough of a film here just because it really did try to cram so much into the one film and yes there are anse- unanswered questions per se and there you know there's a lot of things left to your own imagination as to well how did this work but I feel like I got a I got got like one good film out of it, regardless of whether or not I'm going to get that sequel or not.
2: I think the film ends one scene too late. I think that there's a (laughs)
0: natural there's 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 a natural
2: ending with a voiceover narration that is pretty perfect. Where you just cut and cut to directed by Ridley Scott, but it goes on with one more kind of obligatory tip of the hat to the fans. Which in and of itself is okay, but I mean, I think I do think it ends a little bit late. Like, to be honest with you, though,
0: that could have been that could have been an end of credits thing, if anything. Exactly, completely,
2: completely I, agree. It might have served um, the film better if they did
0: that. To, but yes. to
2: your to your other point, though, I mean, to be honest, I, I really didn't have any idea that they were talking about doing a sequel until yesterday. So I mean, when I left the film, I, I mean, I was thinking, oh, you know, it'd be cool to see a sequel, but I really was like, well, okay. As a friend of mine said we were leaving the theater, well. You know, they they did a sequel to this film, you know, and it was the original Alien. So by that token, I mean it, it. I would I would definitely go watch a sequel, but it wasn't something that I even really even occurred to me until someone said yesterday, "Oh, Ridley's planning a sequel," and I was kind of shocked.
3: Yeah, about mm. the uh, the very last scene, it's interesting. I have a friend who lives overseas, and he was saying that that scene is actually a post credit sequence. Like it's not where it is,
0: I guess in the U.S., hmm. which I found interesting. That is so. That's the UK release. So that's, huh. Interesting. And that make that see yeah. that makes more sense. Makes more sense to me because when I was even watching, I was like, well, that seems like that should have been after like the first set of credits, or you know, the second, like the very end of the credits, or something like that.
4: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And honestly, I do think it would have kind of served the. It would have served the narrative more, just because you you get that breathing room before you get like that. Oh, what's this bonus thing coming? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like Battleship. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like the bonus scene in Battleship. <laughs> All right. Now let's rate the movie then. Each week and out now, we try to rate the films in a kind of when you should go and see them. And uh, we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, Dollar Theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. So on that scale, how did we start? Adam. How would you rate it on theater? Abe. Theater. Netflix. Jordan. Oh, I'd say definitely IMAX. Scott.
1: Um, because I didn't care for it, I would say AMC before noon, six dollar matinee, two D. <laughs> but because there's a chance you might like it, and if that is the case, you'll wish you have seen it in IMAX. Maybe if you're willing to fork over the money, it will look very, very nice in IMAX. So I know that's a conflicted answer. So that's how I felt, <laughs> even though sense. I even though I, I didn't care for FG. the film. I wish I had seen it in IMAX. I saw it like on the Fox lot or something. Um, but I wish I had seen it in IMAX.
0: I uh, I agree with that sentiment. I'll still say theater, just in terms of how I'm measuring the that f- the film. And yeah, I'm, I'll just say theater. Um, all right, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to a little more uh, Prometheus talk kind of right now with our you know with movie callback.
4: Callback. Callback.
1: This is a tough one.
0: This is uh, where we discuss a couple films that kind of relate in some way to the film, film we just talked about. So, um, Jordan, do you have any ones that come to mind? Planet of the Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's
3: that? Um, Leviathan? Yeah. From, uh, from the 80s. I-, I thought of that during this film. There's a call. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Event Horizon, but we've discussed that.
0: All right. Adam? Uh,
2: for reasons that we have not we've been working very hard to avoid making explicit 127 hours
4: <laughs>
2: uh. Really? Uh, but aside from that just the usual you know your 2001 the original alien I mean it's you know, stuff. everybody's been talking about the main
3: films that I thought of Tattooey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Scott um Superman for the quest for peace no. Right. Um, obviously, <laughs> Event Horizon, the thing. Pick your version. Alien, duh. <laughs> um, Mission to Mars. Oh yeah, um,
0: yeah.
1: Reasons I'm not going to go into here, but, and yeah, those are my callbacks.
4: Abe. Uh yeah, definitely the thing. Um, I also thought of Indiana Jones four. Uh, I think probably because of some of the disappointment. In uh, and also some of the CG, yeah. Other than that, probably everything that we've already talked about. What do you mean the CG? On some of the some of the uh, the, the characters from the substation. Oh, another film I thought of. Sorry, yeah. um, Sunshine
3: and uh, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. If you've ever seen that.
0: Have.
1: Now I, I assume you mean Danny Boyle's Sunshine, yeah. not the great five historical not, drama. Not, yeah, not bad.
0: <laughs> but uh <but, laughs> yeah, no, Rachel Weisz, Sun Sunshine's a movie that I I thought of actually too, and yes I did, too. and even shares an actor I believe I believe the uh, it does yeah one of the one of the actors in that film yeah and but and I thought of Sunshine just because of the way both films I think I think there's a lot of good in those films that get somewhat hampered by the narrative in Sunshine as well so in the, in that third act where things become more let's make it a slasher movie all of a sudden like. That yep. that made me think it was un- and you know the fact that one of the actors is in it kind of threw me off. And um, okay, a couple others. I I thought of Super Eight a oh, lot just because it came out exactly this time last year. Oh yeah. And just in terms of expectation versus what I actually got, and um, on that level, I also thought of Inception just because I think that's the closest kind of film you can get. You can kind of map this with when it comes to box office. When we're talking later, I was just thinking how uh, I was thinking how this film kind of will play to audiences i guess in terms of being an original sci-fi blockbuster type movie <laughs> and um, lastly southland tales came to mind oh. <laughs> and mm, i think it's because both movies are movies that i think i'll appreciate well i appreciate southland tales more now than i have when i first saw it and i feel like i might appreciate prometheus more in the future so, time will tell on that one Okay, well, yeah, all right. So let's uh, let's move on to box office then. And uh, yeah, each week we try to go over the box office totals for the week and find out if our if our previous predictions were anywhere close. So uh, last week we uh, we all tried to make our guesses. Abe, do you recall what you guessed?
4: Yes, I think I said Madagascar first, fifty five, and I said Prometheus second, forty
0: eight. Okay. Oh. Um, Laramie Legal said first place for Prometheus of sixty seven. I said second place of fifty five. Abe, you are our winner this week, but uh, let's let Scott Mendelson go into a. Uh, what happened?
1: Well, I'm the idiot that optimistically thought Madagascar would do eighty five. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> no, um, Madagascar was obviously number one for the weekend with sixty million dollars. That puts it about in line with the $61 million four-day debut, uh, the $61 million debut for over the four-day Memorial Day weekend, the first Madagascar in 2005, and the $63 million three-day Friday-Sunday debut of Madagascar 2 in November 2008. Obviously, you've got your 3D bump inflation, so you have less tickets sold overall, but it's still a pretty solid number. And then a 2.9 weekend multiplier, it, which means because most places have schools that already being out on Friday, you're less likely to see a ginormous Friday to Saturday jump that you saw with something like, uh, the Lorax, which did like 17, 18 million on, uh, Friday. and did something like $30 million on Saturday. Um, uh, it's a good number. It's, it's depending on where it falls in its final figures. It might be the biggest DreamWorks opening outside of the Shrek franchise. Kung Fu Panda also did $60 million in uh, June of 2008. um, Even if it drops down a little bit to 59, 58, that's about in line with what Monsters vs. Aliens did in March of 2009, if I recall. Um, That also had the 3D bumps. You can't even, you know, play Wah-Wah, no 3D bump game. Um, It's a good film. Uh, Did anyone else here other than me see it?
0: I did not. Fair enough. I did not. Which
1: which Which film? film? Madagascar. Madagascar 3. No, Thanks, They Have a Life. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. I Have Children. (laughs) Oh, um, Touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's a good, it's fun film. It's very visually dynamic. Uh, it looked great even in 2D. You could sell that the 3D was going to be getting your money's worth, and I made that choice. So I think it'll have decent legs. Um, obviously, Brave is going to be an issue in two weeks. Ice Age 4 is going to be even more an issue, but that's a month from now. Uh, you know, Madagascar will probably be played out by then anyway. Um, it did $75 million Overseas, giving the film 135 million worldwide. Um, Prometheus was number two with 50 million dollars, which basically translates into it actually did 48, 49. But we want 50 for the estimates because that's what most of the newspapers are going to run with. Um, it was severely front-loaded over the weekend. It did like a 2.2 weekend multiplier. It did something like 21 million dollars on Friday, dropped to about 16 million on Saturday, then 12 million on Sunday. It did a B from cinema score, but overall the word of mouth is actually pretty mixed. I'm going out on a limb here saying that domestically we're going to see numbers along the lines of Watchmen and green lantern where you have a film that opens in the 50 range, but general audiences aren't all that crazy about it. And it drops like a rock over the next couple weekends. And if it does that kind of multiplier, we're going to see a final total of about 110 to $120 million in the United States. Um, It's doing pretty well overseas so far. It's done about, I want to say 90 overseas, but I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But it's done about 150, give or take. um, 145, I think, worldwide. Which means it's already matched its $130 million budget. Um, Regardless of my feelings about the film, uh, I think it's a very positive result. It's an R-rated film. It's, for all intents and purposes, an original property. That's how it was sold as, um, and the fact that it only cost 130 million dollars is an encouraging sign that you don't have to break the bank, you know, in order to make money with films like these. You just, you know, you just can't spend 250 a pop. You know, you can't spend, you know, 325 million dollars on a Men in Black three. And expect to make money. Men in Black 3 is actually doing very, very well right now. It's done 300, 486 million dollars after three weekends. It's probably going to do about six to seven hundred million dollars, but because it costs so much money to make, it might not even make a profit. Same thing with Snow White and the Huntsman. Snow White and the Huntsman is just below 100 million. It had a pretty big drop over this weekend, about 60 percent give or take. Uh, the word of mouth is pretty mixed. You've got your diehard Kirsten Stewart fans that think that she can do no wrong. Other than that, everybody pretty much doesn't like it. Um, it's going to top out about 140 in America, which again, would be great if it didn't cost $175 million to make, which is an insane number for a film like that. But it's doing pretty decently overseas. So far, it's got a worldwide take of $182 million. It might get to 400 It's going to be a very slow uh, rollout. It's not one of those open everywhere at the same time type deals, so it's going to be a while before we know whether Universal made their money on it or not. Um,
0: I think they just announced sequel plans for it.
1: Unofficially, they have sequel plans. Ironically, really? focusing around the Huntsman, which is <laughs> hilarious because yeah, he's a widower. It,
0: well, it, it I there mean, will be a prequel involving how he traveled to another planet to find his wife.
1: Yes, <laughs> uh, but and the, the the problem with that is you know most of the films opening weekend, a lot of it anyway, came from diehard Kirsten Stewart fans. Um, If my Twitter feed is any indication, they went about a dozen times last weekend. (laughs) It's kind of scary. (laughs) I I humor them because they get a crap load of followers and they retweet anything I say remotely nice about Twilight or Kirsten Stewart. So I like Kirsten Stewart. I even kind of like the Twilight films. You know, no harm in humoring them. Um, If you're listening to this, I think you're all wonderful people. And Kristen Stewart is the greatest actress since Jodie Foster. We
0: hear we hear it out now and, and Dave, of course, recognize Kristen Stewart's followers as possibly the greatest people on earth.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's no, pretty much so all I got for... Mention Kristen Stewart on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, early and often. Um, <laughs> having said that, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I got for box office. Madagascar has a decent number. I'm a little disappointed by the front-loading in Prometheus, but it didn't cost an arm and a leg as far as blockbusters go, so it probably will make money in the end. And if it gets to 3 350 you probably will get a sequel.
0: I'm curious about how it's – based on how Word of Mouth is going to how work for Prometheus and whether or not it's going to – do. I mean, I guess next weekend, it's Rock of Ages and, and Adam Sandler's
1: latest – Terrible Which movie. Which is direct demo competition yeah, I, with Prometheus. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. Oh no, Prometheus is sold out. Let's go see Rock of Ages. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. That's all I got. So feel free to add.
0: Oh well, yeah. Uh, Abe, we're, don't you have Prometheus like number six of your summer?
4: Yeah, it's up there. I wish that we didn't. I wish GI Joe didn't get bumped out. <laughs> yeah, that that didn't help any. That didn't help us. Uh, if Scott's uh, if math is correct, then yes. Hopefully, it will uh, you know blossom into this beautiful, quiet, hundred and some odd million dollar movie. You never know. I mean, Prometheus uh, Inception made a lot of money, except people
0: seem to like Inception more. <laughs> there was there yeah, was that had that. a
1: pretty, that had a much higher weekend multiplier. Yeah, that was not nearly as front loaded as Prometheus.
0: All those um, all those Juno fans. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: that's what did for us. All right, so that's
4: the box office. Um, let's get let's get to um, let's get to that time, Abe. Is it that time where we play a round of a games?
0: Yes, wow. that's the answer to that question. That was special. <laughs> I, I thought it was <laughs> just from the gods and brought it to humans. Thank you, Abe. You're subtle. We're all still here, right, Jordan? You're here. Yep. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is a uh, this is a game I brought up a couple weeks ago for Battleship. Um, Abe and Jordan, I think you helped play this game, but uh, it's called yep. Celebrity Tweets. Woo-hoo! This more, is an excellent game. I got more Celebrity Tweets, guys. Basically, I'm gonna read off all these completely non-made-up tweets from celebrities about the film Prometheus, and you're gonna have to guess who who you know who tweeted this out. Should be should be pretty. I mean, some so, some of these are pretty simple. Some of these might be harder. So uh. This one, you all, you all might get this one right here. So here we go. Here, here's the first celebrity tweet. And uh, uh, as always, the uh, you can't ask me any questions about these besides, you know, giving an answer. And I'm going to do these, you know, fairly quickly. So just you, you got to answer within like five seconds. I'm just going to move on. I understand. Okay? You can't, no, no asking me questions about these tweets. I'm confused. Okay. Here we go. Here's the first, her, first celebrity tweet. I've played two ice queens in two films in a row, and I wouldn't have it any other way.
2: Charlie's Theron Charlie's,
0: Theron. Charlie's Theron. Yeah. See, yeah. See, the game's pretty easy. Okay, here we go. Let's see. Here's, here's the next one. Between the Bifrost and the ship, I've been in charge of. I've been in charge of some fancy equipment. just said Alba. Thor. Bifrost, yeah. All
1: right.
0: Here's here's the next one. Commenting on my spacesuit, I had to tuck it back.
1: Terrence Malick. <laughs> <laughs> Warner Herzog.
0: So, Michael Fassbender. That's why, of course Michael Fassbender yes, ah, yes. oh my third guess <laughs> here we go here's the next one I'll answer all your Prometheus and Lost questions once my hair starts to grow back
2: Damon Lindelof okay. yes.
0: yes Damon Lindelof all right. that wasn't so hard here we go I'd have put Denzel in it Tony Scott it's Tony Scott <laughs> <laughs> it's Tony Scott all right. Adam you're pretty good at this game <laughs> so far <laughs> here we go here's the next one I've been in gooier films
1: Mm, Naomi hmm. rip a- me rip Ace.
0: So, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy said that one. <laughs> yeah, here's the next one. Here's the next one. This is actually a slash retweet to Ron Jeremy's tweet. I've also been in Ghoulier films. Friend of the show, Kyle Chandler. John
1: Hurt. So, Gwyneth Paltrow,
0: not- actually. Gwyneth, Gwyneth oh. Paltrow. Hmm.
1: What? I know. She and John- Ron Jeremy tweet together. That's it's clean. weird.
0: Yeah, I know. Okay, this, here's, here's another one. I don't
1: know if Chris Martin approves of that. A little,
0: well, you got to fight for your right. Um, here's another one. Here's the next one. This movie was utterly fascinating and complements my own fantasies based on study, the studying I've done about man's existence and the concepts of creationism during my own lifetime. Stephen Hawking? It's uh, Selena Gomez, actually. No! That was, that was no! Selena Gomez tweet. That was, you know, uh, wow. Was the Selena Gomez? <laughs> like, the, the one that we all know? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. So wow. here's, here's, the next, here's the next one. Here's the next celebrity tweet. Completely not made up. Um, well, at least they actually released the Kraken, and it didn't suck. Jim Neeson. So, close. Ray Fiennes. Ray yes mm. he, he has a Twitter account, apparently. I found it.
1: Ray Fiennes used the word "suck" on a Twitter account. <laughs> I know, it's weird, right? Oh, nice. <laughs> cla- wow.
0: Classic Fiennes.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, here's the next. I apparently should be following Ray Fiennes on Twitter. <laughs>
0: Here's the next. Uh, here's the next tweet. Here, okay. I can't wait to re-release White Squall in 3D. Jeff Bridges. Ridley Scott. So uh, no one, no one tweeted that actually. <laughs> 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 and uh, love... got two more here. Okay, here, so here we go. It would have been cooler to have Tim Curry as an engineer. Stephen huh. King. So Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise said that. Huh. Tim, Tim oh, Curry, you know, he was in a legend, barely recognizable there. He's right. And, um, okay, last, last tweet. La- last celebrity tweet. Here we go. Here we go. Wow, that alien sure was a squirter. Me?
1: That sounds like a porn <laughs> reference. Uh, Jenna James.
0: It's uh, Dame Judy Dench, actually. That was. Dame Judi Dench. Really? Uh, <laughs>
2: Is that a legitimate account or like a
0: fan one? Uh, you can't ask me any questions about these Twitter ones. That's, that was one of the rules. It's one of the rules. You the just answered my question for celebrity you. tweets. All right that that's how you that's how you do celebrity tweets. that's a, that's a fun game. Right. I like that. Hey, it's cool. a good game. Yeah. All right.
1: I like that.
0: Um, all right, let's uh, let's see. What other what other game can we do? Abe? Let's do the ABCs of movies again because that's a lot of people to do it with. Let's try that. out. Okay, we're gonna do the ABCs of movies. This is the game where we go. We name the movie that corresponds to the letter of the alphabet that we are on. So, where I would say A, A is for aliens, and then the next person would go. Understood? Does that make sense? Yes.
4: The article the does not
0: count. Oh, yeah. You cannot use the. So.
2: <laughs> so, wait a minute. So, if I say, like, would. If you say,
0: like, for example,
4: an S and you say the Shawshank Redemption, that won't count.
0: That you wouldn't count that for us?
4: Correct. Yes. You cannot use. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay, and we'll go in alphabetical order as always. So I'll start, then Abe, then Adam, then Jordan, then Scott. Got it? Okay. Cool. Okay, Okay. so I will start then. A is for Alien 3. B is for Brave.
1: C, Children of men.
0: D
3: is for Desperado.
1: E is for Evita.
3: F for Fake.
4: G is for Geely. (laughs) Uh,
1: H is for Happy Feet.
3: I is for Imposter
1: J is for Jack (laughs)
0: Oh god Um, K (laughs) is for California
4: with Brad Pitt Oh L is for Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events All of that (laughs) Yeah
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm out You're out Jordan M
3: M is for Masters of the Universe. <laughs>
1: nice. N is for Nightbreed.
0: O
4: is. or Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> P is for. Prometheus, yes!
3: <laughs> uh, Q nice. is, is for Qu- Quills.
0: Nice.
1: R is for Rambo.
0: S is for Starman. T is for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: U is for Ultraviolet. V is for V for Vendetta.
0: W is for Waiting for Guffman. X is for X Men.
3: Y is for Yes Man.
1: <laughs> Z is Z is for Zelig.
0: Back to A. We're doing pretty good at this. Uh, A is for Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery.
4: Oh, all of that. All of that. B is for Brotherhood of the Wolf. Wow. <laughs> Brotherhood of the Wolf.
3: <laughs> C is for Catwoman.
1: It's supposed to be C is for Catwoman. D is for Dark Man.
0: E is for Edge of Darkness.
4: F is for Fright Night. Yes, thank you, Brain. G is for Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance.
1: H is for Hellraiser. Two Hellbound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know what you did last summer. J is for...
4: I have no idea, so I'm right. out. J
3: is for John Carter and 3D. No. Uh,
1: K is for Kiss the Girls.
3: Memento.
0: Um, uh, Nightwatch. Wait, did I see... Did
1: we miss Al?
0: Yeah, I, Wait, I what? missed Al, didn't I? Yes, I'm out. You're out. <laughs> so what are we on? Go to N. Go to N. N. Yeah. Okay. Night Watch.
1: O is for, Othello. Let's
0: just stop for a second and recognize Night Watch as one of Scott Mendelson's favorite movies.
1: Yes. <laughs> good one movie. Of two movies I've ever given an F to. <laughs> o.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: Othello.
3: Masterpiece. Um, put some boots.
1: Q is for. Quat. Oh, can't do it. T is. Quills.
0: We did Quills already. Hands yeah, up. Jordan wins. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Shit. I'm, I'm sitting there going. Quest for, Quest. Quest for Camelot. Quest for Camelot. Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park, Abe.
1: <laughs> what? Oh, yes. <laughs> that's an inside joke. Yeah. Judge Dredd. <laughs> oh, damn. Can i could have used that, no, too. just
0: wait for next game. Okay. All right. So that's uh, that's a little bit of games. That's how we do some games. Um... Alright, so let's move on to what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, we are going to... Abe, hey, what are we going to talk about next week?
4: Oh, I think we're, we're all really excited. It's going to be a small independent film, and uh, you and I like his work a lot. We're going to be talking about the new West Anderson film, Moonrise Kingdom.
0: Yes, that is what we're going to talk about. Um, sorry for you guys that thought we were going to delve deeply into that's my boy or rock of ages i'm not i'm not that against saying rock of ages but i don't think we i just think we'd rather have a better discussion about moonrise kingdom and because it will probably spread it's spread pretty wide so far and probably spread wider i think a lot of people will have seen it by then so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna talk about moonrise kingdom next week but with that said let's try to do a box office game anyway what can we try to predict? we can just try to predict what's going to be number one next weekend
4: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab. But I'll go with uh, I'll go with Rock of Ages actually. Uh, I think that uh, it'll pull in fifty two. would say
0: that's mm. that's that's a that's a high guess.
1: That's a big. That's a holy <laughs> I feel like a fool. All right.
4: All right.
0: <laughs> what are the other next week? Um, it's just that's my boy, the Adam Sandler film, and uh, Rock of Ages, and then Prometheus is still out. So those are basically the options.
4: And Madagascar 3. Oh, Madag-
0: Sorry, yeah, I forgot about that too. Madagascar 3 will also still be out, correct?
1: I think Madagascar 3 will pull up Puss in Boots and do another $60 million next week. No, I don't. Um, let's see. Um, I generally don't bet against Adam Sandler, even when... Ugh. It's an
0: R-rated Adam Sandler
1: Yeah, it is R-rated, which, you know, these days might be a boon. I mean, I think the audience that grew up loving him as kids are now, you know, holding enough to see R-rated films. Eh, what the hell. Uh, that's my boy. I think it'll do 45. I think Rock of Ages will do about 30.
0: That's my boy.
1: Jordan, any thoughts? Adam,
0: either
3: one? Um, I'm going to go with Rock of Ages, number one, for uh, 39. Uh,
2: Rock of Ages, number one,
3: I'll go with 38. <laughs> Damn uh, yeah, I.
2: It's you and me, Jordan. It's on.
0: This time it's war. I'd say this <laughs> time um, it's war.
2: Don't run, Jordan. Pray.
0: I'd, I'd say Rock of Ages is two, I guess. And God, I don't even know how much this one. So I'll just go between you guys. I'll just say 40. What am I, in the middle? This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, so. Life and power? Come on. You're Jimmy Eats World. Hey, Okay. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes, I guess. I'm curious to see what's going to dominate the box office next weekend. Well, right, I think, Scott, would you say that this was one of the more interesting weekends just in terms of not necessarily being able to predict exactly what would happen this past weekend?
1: Uh, the only surprise for me is that Prometheus was so front-loaded. I figured that, you know, optimistically I thought Madagascar would do better just because it was the first cartoon in like five, four months. But in the end, it performed like a Madagascar film. So be it. You know, if I was being realistic, I probably, yeah, would have said 60, to 65. Prometheus, I would have said about 45. Again, I think when final figures are released tomorrow, it's going to be closer to 45 than 50, but we'll see. They're, you know, like 45, 48, 49, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in my opinion, it, it's Prometheus did about what I expected it to do. It just did it differently. Madagascar did, if I was being realistic about what would have been expected of it. I just kind of had a hunch that it was going to explode bigger than it did. But that's my fault. That's not the movie's fault.
0: Um, yeah. Which, I'm just kind of curious about what box office weekends are, like, interesting to me. And I think, like, Spider-Man and Dark Knight are the only ones left this summer that may be like, hmm, I wonder what that's going to do, kind of, in the week. Like, besides knowing that Dark Knight will, like, dominate the weekend, just by, like...
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I know 30 million opening. <laughs> 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 uh, show would... that is. Oh, no. Um... I know you've you've seen Brave, Aaron. I have. And I, I I don't know. I mean, with all the hubbub about oh, it's the first female lead, blah blah blah. That's the only reason I'm remotely interested in it.
0: You know what's interesting? Cause it's, an interesting thing, a note to add for Brave, it, um, the last film that Timur Bekmambetov directed was Wanted, which also came out the same day as Wally back when that yes. opened. Yes. Funny how that's oh. working out now. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter opens the same weekend as the newest Pixar film.
1: That smells like it's gonna do about 25 million, I which is, yeah, would not be surprised. Which is okay because it didn't. It cost under 70, so good on Fox for another, you know, not breaking the bank once again. Mm-hmm. Brave, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna open. I think Brave's gonna open closer to Ratatouille than you know, up, but we'll see. You know, Ratatouille did 48 million back in 2007. Um, I'm, betting, but I don't know. I'm betting
0: a lot on Brave. It's my number three for the summer box office. That's what I, that was my
1: prediction. So we'll see. <laughs> No, I mean I I normally, you know, it's it's foolish to bet against Pixar, but the marketing materials are not very interesting. And the only reason I'm really interested in it is, you know, to deal how see how it deals with gender.
0: That's going to do it this week for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my personal work at my blog at thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written reviews, as well as at wiseofblue.com for all my written Blu ray reviews, as well as the other reviews from the fine people that work with me on that site. And also, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe?
4: Uh, you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, two animals, walrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Uh, Jordan? Uh, damn dirty Uh
0: Scott?
1: Uh, Mendelson's Memos, Scott Allen Mendelson at blogspot.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is Scott Mendelson, and Mendelson's Memos does have a small upstart Facebook page, so feel free to like it because I can't fi- get the template, the like button, to work in my Blogger template. Uh, Adam,
2: you can find more of my stuff at Things I Know About the Movies, located at Everything You Always Wanted to Know.blogspot.com at moviesmackdown.com, and at twitter.com slash iltwinanarchist.
0: Great. And, uh, of course, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes. All the episodes are located there, as well as at hhwlod.com, the podcast network, which is wonderful enough to host our show. And they also host us several other shows, including the Walking Dead TV podcast and Legion of Dudes, which are just shows about comics and games and TV and all kinds of fun stuff. We've got a good couple of guys over there. And, of course, most of the newest episodes and some exclusives are at outnow.podomatic.com. And feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. And, you know, make sure to – maybe you need to explain some loose ends to Abe because, you know, he's not quite right in the head every now and then. So, you know, he he needs to catch up a little bit. And, you know, (laughs) feel free to compliment our, our stable of guests that we've welcomed this week. We had a packed show and, you know, it's nice to have all these good guys on with us to talk about the movies we like to talk about. And, of course, Facebook.com slash Podcast and Twitter.com slash OutNow underscore podcast. You can follow our page and like our page there. We update frequently with all the newest episodes and various other oddities that we want to present. I think that's going to do it. Thanks, guys, for coming on for the show today.
1: Thank to you. Pla- Thanks for having us. For sure.
0: Uh, yeah, next week we have Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom. And, um, yeah, until next time, so long. And goodbye. Okay, we're back if you're sticking around with us. I didn't announce this on the show, but uh, we might have a few spoilery things we might want to talk about, so if anyone has something they want to ask or go into, just go for it. Shout it out. Alright, <laughs> my, my question
2: this is that the character of David. Um, so basically, he goes to the cockpit of the alien ship, he finds a way to turn it on, the, the, the holographic display, he's out, you know, strolling amongst the, the pixels there. And he reaches like, out and he touches the Earth, which in my view sort of seemed to select the Earth as, like, I don't know, for the ship's course heading or whatever. And then all of a sudden, everybody starts to freak out. They're like, oh my gosh, it, the ship's going to Earth. What are we going to do? But then it seemed to me like David was the person who selected Earth, Earth as the target. And so I'm wondering, A, if anybody else even thought that at all, and B... Oh my gosh, that makes him like this incredibly sinister character.
4: Interesting thought. I didn't even think of it that way.
0: Hmm, the only the only thing I have to say about that is like having because, having seen it the second time, I don't know if this when it was kind of going, it was kind of showing off the various systems and planets or whatever that I I assume were you know ones that were possible have already been what terraformed or in. Uh, touched in some way by the by the engineers, it seems like Earth was it was already selected, and David just happened to notice it and put his hands out and grab it. Like it was already kind of it looked like it was already targeted for the next like place they were going to go or something like that. Hmm. Well, a question I have.
3: Uh, sorry, I, I I don't have anything else to say about <laughs> that. I'm, I'm with you guys. Um, but if if we're done, um, okay. So you know the part where Fifield or Fifield goes crazy and he starts killing everybody the truck that kind of runs them, runs them over back and forth they drive away and you never see him again so like did they just drive outside and never come back probably I mean, yes i mean see I, I feel like there should be a some sort of direct cut like i don't believe that like this is like his perfect vision because like th- th- there are so many like little scenes like that, where I feel just were cut out for time. Like there there, ha- there has to be some longer cut where it, it, it explains where these
0: people went. Uh, I tried to make a, a count of the people I because it said crew of seventeen. I only have fourteen people I can count. I can't. Yes, I can't, me, I can't I, find I, other people. To... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that includes Wayland. That includes Wayland's magical doctors that also appeared. Yes. I, 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 <laughs>
2: I was pretty yeah. bummed when he, she turned out to be his daughter, 'cause she walks into the room and I'm like, oh great, she's gonna be her father or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, See, that
0: that that didn't bug me as much until she said "father" and she's like, as if like yeah. a studio like like had, like told really to add the note or something. Like it's like, by the way, even though you have all this dialogue that clearly kind of gets this relationship across, you might as well have her say the words "father." It it really threw me off. I really wanted them to be lovers
1: because
3: <laughs> 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 <Wow>. ah. <laughs> she kisses his hair it's so like sensual I was like oh oh whoa is, is, are they like married it just seems like that's a very close family even David
0: and her were really close like,
2: yeah I yeah. think he was going to get the space tiger from space Jesus
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's okay let's also Charlotte could have turned left at any point and yes. uh, get crushed yes. by a giant oh,
4: like
0: <laughs> for right or right, either way, there was... Especially watching it again the second time, I'm like, there is, it's not a wide ship. There's there's no there's no reason you cannot turn a direction right now and not roll directly in the path of the, the collapsing spaceship on top of her.
2: You know, and I gotta say, too, I, I will... I, I gotta point the finger here. I was promised naked push-ups, Aaron. Come on, man. I remember that, too.
0: That's what I was told. I was told, like, that's what... I didn't see the footage at Comic-Con. I was just told Charlie Stone's doing naked push-ups.
2: And then, what I remember because on our initial like trailer report, I said, Well, I don't think that she's naked. I think that she's like wearing it. And you're like, No, guys. And I watched the movie and it's like, Okay, here we go. Oh, crap.
0: I was assured naked push up as well. I was just as disappointed as you were.
2: We've been lied
1: to. We've been lied <laughs> it's to. It's not
0: like Charlie Theron's not used to you doing nudity. I mean, it's could have easily happened.
1: <laughs> we always have the devil's advocate.
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't and, mind all the sores and guts,
0: and Monster, if you yes. don't mind all the makeup.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk
0: uh, about I, can we can we talk about New Bieber cases of um, ab- abortion from hell.
1: Oh. Yeah. I I was <laughs>
0: happy that. So, abortion. Let's talk about it. C-section, manual, oh, yes. sorry, manual abdominal surgery. It's just sexier to call it abortion. Um, no, just kidding. I think it's safe to
2: say this is the one abortion that conservative Christian groups might actually have approved of.
0: Possible, yes. <laughs>
2: you know, I, you know, I kept... no abortion in case except for cases of rape, incest, or impregnation by a xenomorph.
0: The, the first time I saw it, I kept thinking it was gonna be like a dream sequence. Cause I'm like this can't be happening. <laughs> I, yeah, man. I actually thought it <laughs> was a
4: fly when I, when she went in there. I was like, I, no, I, this, this is just uh, please no maggots, no. This is like this is crazy. Like I looked to Ken now, next to me. I was like, this this is happening.
0: <laughs> it's, like, yep. it's like yep. Not only that, okay, she is. Hit
3: with the gun, and she is like when she jumps when the when the platform's opening, she gets body slammed into it when she misses. Yeah, like, that thing would rip open. I'm gonna get infected anyway because the fluids like drip into it.
0: There are space staples in her, so she was good. Yeah, the, 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 boy, yeah, when it bursted open, open, I was like, oh my god, this is like. <laughs>
2: when she goes to the to Victor's quarters and she sees the device, and I'm like, okay, we're setting something up here. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be crazy and then again seriously no locks like anybody on that ship can just go anywhere oh here's this dude that everybody's been he's been hiding from everybody that no one's here i'm just gonna walk in the door but dude that sequence was intense i mean like i said i kept expecting this body count to start up and then it doesn't start up and it's not that scary and then all of a sudden oh my gosh i mean that scene was just so incredibly intense And i mean you're just sitting there and she starts to like squeeze out from underneath and it's moving around like oh get out get out get out I mean,
0: seriously.
3: You know, and that's she why. She pulls it, the umbilical cord out. <laughs> oh my god. So Which I thought it was like, wow, that must have hurt a lot.
0: <laughs> so good. Well, she was like so high on drugs at that point. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and just the way she's gets in the thing and she just starts screaming at it, get it out, get it out, get it. So well done.
3: I Okay, at the very beginning, David is eating something. I want to know what the hell is he eating and drinking? Like, it looked like some oatmeal and. Robot oatmeal. Yeah,
0: I I no, I loved it. I thought it was great, but I, I I wanted to know, damn it. Well, if any, I mean, if that, I think that's just that could be just more intriguing, David. Things of maybe like he's practicing being human. Oh yeah, yeah. I just like very it's it's like probably real food. It's just he and it just doesn't do anything to him. But he's mm-hmm. just practicing interaction, or like practicing being human for when you know the humans are awakened again, so he can sure. fit in more. What do you guys I mean, think of
3: uh, the opening
0: when it, it's a
3: completely different looking ship, and the the the, the space jockey is wearing a, a, a robe instead of the like the, the military outfit? It, it's almost like he was some sort of like religious figure. The remnants of the space Jesus.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, somebody suggested, and a friend of mine was like, you know, hey, they don't really explain what's going on with him, and is he a criminal? Kind of suggesting that perhaps this was their way of punishing people was to sentence them to, you know, put life on, dead planets or whatnot. Isolation,
4: right? But it was curious because he drinks the liquid; it decomposes him, and then does his DNA just recompose in the water? And then because you see the mitosis sequence when the when the title. That's says, exactly what happens, Abe. Right. Yeah. But what I'm thinking is, is that basically to say that. He is now forever alive and he is the ultimate being, kind of thing. You know, it gets to the function no, of. No. Okay.
2: He started the evolutionary process as far as like. Sentient life.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. And whether or not it was Earth, it was he was creating life on another planet that they went to. Okay. Yeah. Because that was that's
4: supposed to be Earth. That's what I was
0: wondering. Yeah. It, I, I mean, was, it, it's unspecified. It probably could be Earth. It could be another planet that does similar properties to Earth. Just like how the planet they go to is one that's similar to Earth, which is why they go there to begin with. Yeah. Um. The um. The, the, the I mean, what I yeah. What I what I understand is that he create he, that that being created life on that planet. Whether or not it was. Out of a self-sacrifice or maybe he escaped and did that on purpose to possibly do it in a good way opposed to the bad way that happened on the other planets that they've done it on maybe like it the, all that stuff's left up to interpretation or a possible
4: you know sequel or whatever but question okay they... yes ahead. no no no. sorry go question uh, when the androids get their heads ripped off do they go and do they how do they end up dying because I remember that Ian Holm gets his like whole entire body mangled too, do they just continue living until their cortex is ripped out kind of thing, or? Well, Abe, as if, as Terminators taught as anything, it's you have to destroy the chip in the brain.
2: <laughs> well, I think doesn't Ian Holm get like fried or something? His head just gets burnt up
0: or? No, no they just turn him off. <laughs>
4: okay, it's <they're just, laughs> like a it literally on and off switch. I
0: right. right, well, Jordan, right? He did they, they they you know. Um, yeah. yeah Koda, like knocks his head off, and then, oh, yeah. they, then they keep talking to him, and then they just like shut him down, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They just shut him down, and then um, what's his name? Uh, Lance Hendrickson just gets ripped in half he's, by the queen. Yeah, team, he gets but, ripped in half by the queen. Yeah. But she, you know, he's still functioning. Okay. And uh, yeah, same thing here. It's just <laughs> it seems like every it seems like the head is where it's at. It, it, well, the body was still moving too. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like detaching the parts really shuts down an android. It's more. <laughs> it, That's what it's, she there's, said. There's more to it than that. I really wanted him to be
3: spewing that stuff like aliens <laughs> just, like all that like, New Year's <laughs> Eve <laughs> yeah. I know this is a family-friendly podcast so I would not say about, thank you yeah we're all thinking it um, okay I wish they would have had a better explanation for David opening the doors in the cave like it's it was really easy for him yeah. to, to open up that doors and even if he could read the symbols he
0: was doing it just doing it like he didn't stop to think or tell anybody he's like i'm gonna open this door now exactly
1: please tell me you can read that
0: what are you doing david
2: i'm attempting to open the door
0: wait we don't know what's on the other side
2: Oops,
4: sorry
3: like I, I feel like they, they should have like gone searching some more, had time passing, so he's actually working to to break in. But no, he's just like, boop, 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 Open doors. I was like, wait a minute. That was way too easy, even for an Android.
2: I, I had a question, too. I mean, I'm thinking about there's these really cool sequences where you see like these holographic like
3: home Security videos.
2: Security cam
0: footage. and
2: yeah. the guys running through the hallways and whatnot. I'm curious to know if, if if perhaps the, the remaining alien, if maybe he was the one that sort of, like, started them off on this weird trek towards, like, killing, you know, entire planets and whatnot. Because they seem to be running away from something. I mean, right. is it the case of, like, biology gone wrong? Or did this one dude, like, sort of turn on everybody, you know, get the, the xenomorphs to kind of release a little bit and kill them, and then decides, okay, we're going to go and totally... Up and kill everybody we made
0: yeah I have no idea I have no idea I mean yeah it just didn't answer that one it didn't answer why there's a pile of engineers in one location and like what caused them to like either. feel
2: see like them. a big hole in like their hel- a couple helmets so it makes yeah, it, so it it's like, like
4: it got the, them answer. I guess yeah, yeah. But the other question I, I had that was that. like the giant head in the tomb I was like oh, what is that all about I don't understand is that like, a, is saw, that like, like an like, ancient okay. prayer room or something yeah
3: pretty awesome yeah but I okay with with all the dead bodies I was expecting them to find like this big like skeletal structure of of in, a huge alien that killed them and I, I kept waiting for that and I was so
4: disappointed when, when we didn't see anything but it's curious because they all they're all looking like giant snakes or like you know albino snakes so apparently they only took on the form after they mixed DNA with the worms engineers yeah. You know? so it's kind of it's curious as to where the actual shape comes from although there already is that shape when they're looking on the on, when they're looking on the uh, the wall with the murals like up in the ceiling so yeah I'm not sure like I don't I don't know where that logic went either
3: and it does not seem like a good idea to have security footage on how to operate your ship free to just <laughs> anyone who walks in
4: <laughs> well you have to know the code first and push the right button first and then Ooh, blow the magic whistle. So don't forget about
2: that. Oh, forgot about that. It's such <laughs> a Zelda. Those buttons were so gooey,
3: too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: they're, just, they're like, they're so like cool. dino <laughs> Trolley. That was awesome, by the way, with the flute.
3: Okay, <laughs> I, I, I loved it. Like, that was, you know, I, I, kind, of, kind of cheesy, but I, I just love the hell out of it.
0: <laughs> okay. Who is... You see a thing emerge from like black goo and it's hissing at you. You don't put you don't get closer.
4: Yeah, you don't get, yeah. you don't put you like oh, whoa, if you don't because it's friendly, right? Like,
2: what? and, what's going and on? You don't start talking to him like it's a cat,
0: right? Hon- yeah. Honestly, he's a uh,
4: biologist.
0: Come on, man. <laughs> what is he doing? Like, yeah. they, they're already freaking out about being there, and they're like, oh, well, this thing's here. I might as well go and touch it and get close. Well, it's
2: like you know, I see alien life forms all the time, I'm not scared. Come on, dude. You've never, you've never been to another planet. Never, much less ever seen an alien life form. Much less, you've no reason to assume it's friendly. What's wrong with right. you? Right. Don't pet the alien eels.
3: That that scene was pretty awesome, though. Despite the fact. Well, yeah,
0: in terms of like <laughs> the tenseness, yeah, I was squirming in my seat. i moving around. It's like, oh god, this is crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> the lead the lead up to that scene, it's like, why would you do this? Oh yeah. Sure.
3: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Questionable writing. And he, at one point when they see the, um, the mural on the wall and they see kind of the, the, the crucified alien, the xenomorph, almost, he says something like this is just another tomb yeah. or something like that. Hell, I wanted to know well, what was beyond that. Why didn't David open that up as well?
4: Because they suggest like there's something else beyond that. Mm-hmm. Just, I think I was thinking about just the, the room itself or like the planet itself. It's just, it's just another old relic rather than the actual... Uh, origin of the of life. So is the the Xenomorph kind of like their their Jesus <laughs> since it's like crucified on a wall. Yeah, so it's, it's got the same uh, arms. I
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: I didn't didn't get the crucified symbolism with that picture you, you,
0: at all. Maybe you're talking you about just, like the mural that that morphed and stuff, right? Uh, yeah, when, when they first walk into the uh, that tomb. Yeah, you right. kind of it, it kind of shifts around. You can kind of make out some stuff. i when well, that's a GIF. We'll send, we'll send that your way. <laughs> I like um, I like how um, Idris Elba kind of asked the audience question of whether or not Charlie Sterling was a robot. That kind of that made me laugh. It,
2: it's... He was just trying to get laid.
0: I know he was, but it seemed kind of like also like an end to like because I think a lot of people were kind of speculating that maybe Charlie Sterling was also an android. I think that people still have that
3: that belief. <laughs> like way after the movie, people still I've I've read their their theories on her being an android.
0: I feel, I feel I, like that was a fun way to kind of it. address it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I don't really think it makes any difference, though.
0: I, yeah, I wouldn't either. No. But that said, I like the fact that Idris Elba was able to charm his way into Charlie Stern's pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I think we've talked about Prometheus enough. <laughs> 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 include these spoilers. Um,
4: but, yeah, sorry, Abe. Sorry you were disappointed in the film. <laughs> it, it wasn't so much that I was disappointed. Again, I, my expectations weren't. That high, I was just. Yes, they were. You, you don't have, have to lie. No, realistically, they really, they really were not. It was just more of man. This is just really crappy writing. Like right off the bat, I was just like, this is awful. So. Right, really, right off
0: the bat, really.
4: <laughs> like, yeah, go get, go get. What's his face? Okay. Hey. And then what? And then. Oh, I think there's something there. Let me put this down. Let me go run. That's like, okay, and then he's playing with the Rubik's Cube later.
2: Yeah, let me go run. That was one of the finest, no. you know, yeah.
4: <laughs> that's a good line.
2: <laughs> let me go run, sir.
0: All right, then I'll, okay. I think that's We've talked about Prometheus enough. Thanks for anyone that stuck around for our ramblings, and I'll be curious to see what Abe edits
4: in and out of this part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good night. All right, good night, everybody. Have a good night.
0: Michael Fassbender comes out looking gorgeous, and then Charlie Theron comes out looking gorgeous, and then they both like have a gorgeous off.